Welcome to Access Answers' first episode in 2021. I'm Julia Vergara. I'll be your host along with Angela O'Pry, and we are so excited to have Todd Brown joining us for the podcast today. Yes, welcome, Todd, our first podcast of 2021, and I'm sure this will be a very exciting and hilarious episode for all of our listeners. Todd always happens to like keep me in stitches, hunched over laughing, even when we have virtual meetings, so... I look forward to a fun discussion today. Well, I'll try to keep it light. So I don't know how funny I don't know how funny it will be, <laughs> but, but we'll see, right? Yeah, you always have a way to. I don't know if it's dad jokes or what. Do you have any plan for us today? I no. I I've used so many dad jokes over the holidays that I'm about dad joked out. <laughs> <laughs> so I will not make you guys suffer through any dad jokes today. We'll see if we can get one in by the end of the episode or not, but. Or at least intentionally, but they might just organically <laughs> happen. Yeah, that's what I'm counting on. Uh, so Todd, you're a managing director for Access Sciences, and you have been with the company for how long now? Almost 10 years? I will, I will actually have my 11th year anniversary in March. Wow. It's easy to remember because it's right around when, you know, the anniversary of the company. Yes. So you've kind of seen the evolution of the company over the last several years. and I have. And I don't know, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but I actually became aware of Access Sciences in 2003, way back in 2003. I joined, I don't know if you want to hear this story. I don't know if there are any dad jokes in it, but... Uh, <laughs> No, but it was um, former employer, and I joined Arma Houston, and that year, coincidentally, Access Sciences was managing and executing on the annual conference for Arma Houston, which is a really big conference uh, in the Arma world, probably next to international in size, and I... I went to a meeting where uh, for volunteers, it was my very first meeting. And I remember uh, Nancy Ramirez, who used to work for ExxonMobil, was the president of the chapter that year. And I showed up, I said, I wanna get involved. If I join, a, you know, if I join an organization, I wanna do more than just be a member. And she said, go to that table over there. Well, on that table over there, it was at Spaghetti Warehouse downtown on the north side of downtown happened to be Janice Anderson and a whole slew of Access Sciences folks, as well as some other people. And that was my first introduction to the company. And it's kind of been full circle for you, still involved with ARMA. And for our listeners who may not know what ARMA stands for, can you tell them a little bit more about ARMA? Yeah, it has such a sexy name. It's the <laughs> Association of Records Managers and Administrators. So obviously they shorten it for ARMA. <laughs> and I think that anyone who knows of ARMA or is a member of ARMA uh, knows that it's kind of morphed over the years. I mean, originally way back, you know, records were physical records mostly, and, and now they're typically electronic. So it's morphed over the years as well as its focus is more on information governance versus just pure records management. But it's a, it's a great organization. I love being involved in it. I'm currently 
the VP of communications for the chapter. I've been on and off the board for, I think, 10 years, served various roles, including president. So definitely know my way around Arma in Houston, that's for sure. Any fun plans this year for 2021? So big plans for Arma this year. You know, we had to cancel the annual conference last year because of the pandemic. Or uh, yeah, just last year. Gosh, it, it is it's January 4th. <laughs> I'm still in holiday mode. You guys are putting me to work early in the new year. Uh, so we canceled the, the conference last year. This April, uh, the 20th and the 21st will be a, the virtual conference. We're going virtual. And we're going to try a platform that that the conference committee has done a tremendous amount of research on. Sabrina Nicholson has done just an outstanding job with her team, and they've made a decision, and we're moving forward with the conference. And I think, you know, aside from the fact that it provides a lot of educational content for folks, and and people are as hungry for uh, hungry as ever for educational content, even though we can be a little bit overwhelmed with webinars and so forth, you know, you still have to get your continuing education credits and so forth. And the the uh, the other half of that is that this event is a huge uh, moneymaker for the, the chapter and all of that money, you know, any anything that we generate off, not anything, I guess, we have to pay for our operating expenses, but we donate the proceeds of what we uh, the Delta, the positive Delta at the end of the year to a couple of charities. One of them is the uh, is ALHEF, which is the Alice Hale Halton Educational Foundation. And then we also donate uh, to highlighting literacy for kids. And that is Stevens Elementary uh, up, in, up in the Northwest area of Houston. And I think we've talked about this, that, uh, you know, over the last several years, the chapter has donated over $300,000 wow. that have gone to scholarships for continuing education or just, you know, getting your degree. You have to fill out an application, but uh, regularly award multiple scholarships. And then we always make a donation donation to Stevens. So it's really cool. And it, you know, so provides education as well as uh, gives back to the community. That's great. I love giving back to charity. And we found with our own events and initiatives that including that donation option has been really successful and something we plan to continue in 2021. Yeah. I mean, uh, I love the fact that you guys did that. Uh, you know, you and Julia are so creative and you, you picked some wonderful, uh, charities and I forget. So tell me, but I, I really like the fact that, uh, we can give back and our clients and even folks who don't do business with us that attended these webinars this year made donations. Uh, Absolutely. And, 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 you know, especially in a pandemic, you know, people are in need and uh, even outside of a pandemic, there are always amazing causes. So I, I like that. Yes. We're very excited for 2021 and a continuing relationship with girls who code and the Barbara Bush Houston literacy foundation. Yeah, I like both of those quite a bit. So one thing that listeners or even our fellow employees, coworkers may not know about you is that you are a certified life coach. I did get my certification. I went back to uh, university. I went to University of Texas, Dallas. That, I'm telling you, I'm not young like both of you, and my brain was not ready for college again, and it was... It took me a good month. 
it took me a good month to really get into the groove, but I did. And I, 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 I really enjoyed it. I mean, I don't know if we talked about this, but one of the, one of the reasons why I made that decision one is because we use so much change management in our, in the work that we deliver. I mean, you know, every project that we deliver, we, we thread change management throughout the project for that stickiness factor. Right. But on the flip side, I, I really, over the years have read some books like the power of habit. Um, I don't know if you read that by a gentleman named Charles, I think Charles Duhigg. I might be mispronouncing the name, but (laughs) that happens. (laughs) But I I love that book. And I read it several years ago. I forget when it was written. It's been a while. And, you know, my background was in uh, HR and organizational behavior, my degree and all that kind of stuff. So, and I've worked in HR in my past. So, it was just kind of one of those things that I think that I maybe should have done earlier, but just never got around to. It was just too busy working. And so I went back and really, really enjoyed the experience. And I think I learned a lot. One of the, my favorite areas was when we studied motivational theory. And I find that it really aligns nicely with, you know, that power of habit, that book by, by Duhigg, and then what we do. And, and the tenets that it proposes, and it's, it's also a ni- it nicely aligns with positive psychology, which is, you know, that's just so huge nowadays, but it's really not that old. It's only, you know, a couple decades old. Uh, and then the explosion of Brene Brown and, you know, all of her work and research. And so all these things kind of intertwined. And so it was really kind of a nice kind of coming together of a lot of different things in my experiences and just my interests as, you know, things have kind of morphed and evolved over time with me. So speaking of change management, you wrote a blog at the end of 2020 on your seven steps to self-determined change. So how did you come up with these steps? Well, I just woke up one day and just magically... (laughs) I mean, it was just, you know, it's all from my brain, right? No. You had fairies so, around you, right? Like sprinkling yeah. dust, spreading the... Exactly, exactly. Um, well, you know, so I reference back to that whole, that book, The Power of Habit. You know, there are elements of it in that. There are elements of it in uh, motivational theory. There was a really cool TEDx talk. I know you guys are big mm-hmm. into in the, the, uh, the TED Talks. And, you know, so many strategies are out there nowadays about morphing habits and changing habits and behaviors. And really, you know, that article was born out of change management and what is a practical way to change behavior. Uh, And a part of that is how we just get into these habits of our behaviors at work or in our personal life. And sometimes it can seem overwhelming, the thought of modifying that behavior. And the one thing that always stuck with me out of that Duhigg book, The Power of Habit, was that you're not, you don't break a habit, you replace the habit, right? And you want to move in a positive direction. So you focus on what you can achieve, what you, you know, how can you move forward in a way that's successful? Uh, And so you break this. Again, you don't break it, but you replace the, I think it's, I'm remembering the book correctly. There's this thing called a habit loop where you have your cue, your routine, and your reward. 
So when you get the cue, you replace the routine. Uh, and it takes time, right? I mean, it takes several months, but you replace the routine with something that's more positive. So instead of when I get home from work, oh, I need some potato chips and I want to sit down and watch the news and I get rewarded because I get my potato chips and I get my news fix. But instead, maybe maybe I start two days a week or three days a week, but I go to the gym, right? And then, and then, so you see the, you see the value or the benefits out of doing that. And then your reward slowly, but surely your behavior is going to morph and change. And you're going to be a lot more excited about doing something that's maybe a little more productive than being a couch potato. Um, So the other area that came out of that article, that blog was, was an area that I studied at UTD in the, in that organizational development, that coaching program called appreciative inquiry. And we've talked about that yes. internally. Uh, I mean, I love it. It's, it's really, um, you know, it, it serves, it comes out of organizational development, the study of organizational development. And uh, one of the co-creators is this gentleman named David Cooper Ryder. And he, he, I'm going to remember, I hope I can remember this correctly. I know I'm being recorded, but he is, um, in a school of management at Case Western University. And he's the co-creator of this. And uh, it's, you know, it's based in positive psychology. And so it's all about focusing and leveraging your core strengths, where you design and you kind of uh, redesign your future. And with organizations, it's redesign, it's designing and redesigning systems within organizations. So you can achieve these sustainable outcomes that that you know that you're looking to to see happen down the road for the for the org and and it's very much focused in innovation and collaboration which we're big on internally within our company and it has applications at an individual level right because change management people know that change happens on a on an individual basis it's not it's not this organism (laughs) that changes it's the individuals within the organism Right. right this organization so uh, I just thought it would be good. And you, you guys said, hey, we need this. And you didn't give me much lead time. And so I was thinking, oh, New Year's resolutions. Let's let's do something super practical. It doesn't have to be complex. And so, you know, the tenets of this appreciative inquiry are where you de- you define and you discover what's going well, you know, what is the best of my life right now? What do I want to explore a little bit more? What can I build on? Um, you know, where am I seeing, where am I seeing my wins? You know, where am I seeing my successes? And then, you know, what, what might I do with that? What, what could I make of that? Uh, some of the accomplishments that you, that you've had, or I've had, how could I build on those? And then what do I want the outcome to be? You know, getting my mind thinking about what should the outcome be? So over that hurdle of motivation of actually moving forward versus wanting and really thinking that you need it. And then, you know, what's that small thing that you can do? What's that next smallest action or next step that you can do to move forward? And then something that we're real big on internally is how do you enable success and how do you sustain your progress? 
you know, what resources are you going to need so that you can move forward or, or take that take that step? And then how will you hold yourself accountable? So it's kind of a morphing of what we do in change management and this appreciative inquiry, the study of appreciative inquiry. Uh, so that's that's how I guess that's how that blog kind of came. Well, we to always be. know you can perform very well under pressure and you did not disappoint by turning that around for us very quickly. So thank you for that. And I think the activity that you list out in the blog, and for anyone who may not have read it yet, can certainly find it on our website. It's an interesting activity to do at the end of 2020, and the timing was very relevant because there is so much in the media and in our mindset and the psychology and communication about how awful 2020 was. And I'm not here to say that it wasn't awful. It was you know, tragic and devastating for the world and for many people. However, the mindset for yourself when you reflect, what were some of those small wins that you had? What can you celebrate? And really turning that around so that your mindset coming into 2021 is on a positive note versus focusing on all of the horrible, negative, tragic events of 2020. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that all of, well, I can't speak for you two. Y'all are always so upbeat and bubbly and, and wonderful to work with. Personally, I deal sometimes with that struggle of picking something apart. And I think a part of that is when you're in consulting, you're looking for what's going wrong sometimes, you know, and and how do we fix it? And, you know, being problem solvers. And, you know, it's almost like this deficit-based approach that you take, right. which is usually what you, what you consider when you do an assessment. It is, a lot of it is deficit-based. You know, and there is there is that balance, but I think that looking at what is going well is such a happier place to be. And I, I do try to recenter myself and stay self-aware about about having that outlook. And in your blog, you tell a story about your 19-year-old daughter who had come home from college and just really wanted to have that time with the family tradition to decorate the tree after Thanksgiving. And I thought that was hilarious. Um, I can certainly relate to that too. I don't know what got into my mom. I had a stern talking to her the other day because she thought it was a great idea to try to change the macaroni and cheese recipe after 30 years. Like, why do you think that's a good idea? No. (laughs) That is not a good idea to change a mac and cheese recipe. Even, I mean, even I think that's a dangerous thing. Yes, right? She was like, oh, I just want to make it easier and more convenient. And I was like, no, no. (laughs) You know, no shortcuts. I certainly, you know, and I will admit I was the person in that article (laughs) in the blog. You're outing yourself. (laughs) I am outing myself here. I I made the comment and and part of it was just to, you know, just to kind of poke at her a little bit for fun. <laughs> right, because you never do that with people ever. <laughs> well, just a little fun, you know, just knowing full and well that we were going to put the tree up, but um, it just did not turn out how I expected. <laughs> and so I got a fairly extreme reaction. And and so you're right. I think that that was kind of one of those moments in my, you know, in the year where you realize how stressful the year was for everyone and really trying to stay on the positive side. So I avoided future pokes throughout the holidays. (laughs) 
And uh, you know, I was just sharing with Julia this morning in another chat that uh, when she was, we were checking in about how our holidays went, that my daughter proclaimed that it was the best holiday she's had in wow. years. Wow, good to hear. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, and I think maybe for all of us, you know, looking at the upside and it really was kind of a stripped down year. It was super simple for many mm -hmm. people. Back to basics. And so just that simplicity and just feeling, getting back into that, you know, that warm and fuzzy sweater or whatever, the blanket that you, <laughs> you put on. Your onesie. You can, you can tell everybody the onesie that you have, right? Do you have family matching onesies <laughs> with the dog? You know, I have never done that, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I think that just getting back into that simple, you know, those, those traditions, which really are kind of habit at, at the foundation, right, uh, can make us feel good. Access Answers is owned and operated by Access Sciences. We are a consulting and business process outsourcing firm specializing in information governance, technology enablement, and business strategy. Since 1985, our dynamic team of experts have been committed to meeting each of our clients' unique information needs. If you're interested in partnering with Access Sciences, send us an email at info at so, Todd, from what we've heard from our clients and others within the industry, change management is still going to be a top priority for organizations in 2021. So what change management challenges or obstacles would you say we can anticipate in the new year? I wish you guys had prepped me for this. <laughs> um, you know, we could probably talk about this. I mean, this is probably a webinar, like, two-part webinar or something. And I would just say, interrupt me <laughs> if I'm rambling, because there's a lot about this that we, we could even address. I mean, there's different angles that you come at this question. But I think that, you know, if we, if we put things in perspective that most of the year we were in the middle of a pandemic and companies across all industries, you know, all, all regions of the world uh, we can focus on North America, right? Uh, but they had to change the way that they did business. I read, I've read a lot of stuff this year. You know, you when you when you get under fire and you feel like you're under fire or stress, you know, you're you're wanting to dig your way out. So for me, it's just trying to learn more about what is going on and what can we do and what what can our clients do and what are they doing and so all the articles and all the surveys that that I've read, you know, this digital transformation that's been around for years, and it means different things to different people. I think most companies had to expedite or speed up this transformation. And, and some of the articles I, I read said that organizations sped it up by three to four years in just, wow. what, 10 months, you know, which is crazy to think about. You know, and then you think about you've got your digital transformation and then you got your adoption. Mm -hmm. So just in a normal project, the challenge of moving through and working with project management and balancing your change management, and it's a several month project and just getting those the desired results with your end users 
and and sustaining that adoption is a challenge without all the stress of a pandemic. So, you know, my brain has just exploded over, you know, how important is this? And this digital transformation, you know, it's 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 really a critical component of businesses nowadays. It's, you know, and you, you, you know, when I talk to executives at, a, at organizations that sometimes they look at you when you're talking about digital transformation and they're like, you know, it's just about being more efficient. And for us, you know, we think of it as a foundational element to managing all your information. Uh, you know, you, you need to know what you have. You need to know where it is. You need to classify it, get it in the right systems and all that. But now we're talking just on a much bigger uh, scale across the organization, not only on the on our side of the business, but also on the ERP side of the house. So structured, non-structured uh, data, right? And so I think the thing that's interesting is, I don't know if you, <laughs> I'm, I might get here off on a tangent here about just motivational theory. You know, if you talk about motivating somebody uh, before, if an executive thought, oh, we're going to get to it, you know, it's on the table, you know, it's a three to four year goal. And then I'm thinking about change needing to happen in several months. So it's a great example of how motivation and change kind of interact and, you know, understanding the value. So all of a sudden there's this tremendous value to moving forward. And that really, you know, motivation is always preceded by committed mm -hmm. action. And, and you've got to understand the value of something in order to, to make that jump. So it's the importance of the goal, and, and then it's the confidence that people have in the ability to even accomplish that goal. And then hopefully there's this readiness to move forward and achieve the goal within the organization. So also, I mean, interrupt me here because I may just be rambling, but what I read was that most organizations, because they move so quickly, quicker than they ever thought that they could move, they haven't met their goals for adoption. It's become this top priority, but the success rate and the sustainability of these solutions is not where they would like it to well, be. Well, it's not just setting up Microsoft Teams, right? I mean, we have those conversations on a regular basis with other organizations. I just was talking to somebody the other day, their company set up Teams for them to use, but they didn't receive training for how to use it or why to use it. So they just set up personal Zoom accounts. Well, then the company figured out that that was happening. You know, you have hundreds of employees using personal Zoom accounts, conducting personal business, I mean, you know, conducting business through that personal account is a huge threat to the organization. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in the work that we do, we see that digital transformation in general has a lower success rate than more traditional business-related transformations mm -hmm. and initiatives, right? And so organizations, how do you sustain the momentum, you know, in, in, in this transformation? Well, you've got to have a really strong, I'll use a consultant word, rigorous, you know, change management uh, strategy and then an internal communication program because you, you have to clarify, you know, what is, what is the impact on the organization and the value to everyone in it? versus I'm just mandating that this is what we're going to do, or IT is implementing a cloud solution, 
you've got to have that organizational alignment and commitment if you want to be successful. Well, it was also eye-opening to me to think about digital transformation. I know that's a buzzword. Probably should have played a drinking game on this podcast every time we say that. (laughs) But, you know, I always thought about it in terms of automation and AI and, you know, all the cool, fun, fancy stuff that you can do with technology. I really underestimated that companies were simply trying to distribute laptops so that their workers could work from home. I mean, we're talking basic 101 kind of transformation. Absolutely. And, and you know, when you think about that, having access to the right information when they need it. Yes. And then, of course, from an information governance standpoint, which is kind of our world, along with that technology enablement, how do you manage it throughout the life cycle now that it's being created <laughs> at home? And, 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 you know, if you're not keeping it in the right systems, if they're keeping it on their laptops uh, versus in the cloud or getting it into the system via VPN or whatever the connectivity, you know, that's really a topic for one of our technology experts. But it's, you know, everything that I've read said that the number that's sticking into my head is that, on average, more than 70% of the people that are surveyed, and this is across different reporting articles that I've seen, 70% of the organizations lost their momentum at some point during this transformation, and they haven't completed it. So, you know, it has not reached what what we call in consulting full scale, you know, or they started it. Uh, maybe they didn't start it. Maybe they just were paralyzed, which happens. But maybe they started and it stalled before it really achieved its full impact or its expected impact. And then <clears throat> I think that, you know, what is that what is that number out of there who are in the various categories of didn't start, mm-hmm. stalled, you know, on the journey, having whatever challenge, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think that's interesting. But there's so much. So you asked me, I think, your original question, which I very <laughs> often lose track of, must be my ADD. But, um, you know, I think that the... It's, it's really about how, how do they take what they've accomplished so far and, and really understand the elements of change management to be able to pull this through to the finish line. And maybe I shouldn't use the word finish line because we know it never ends, right? The journey never ends, but at least accomplishing that intermittent goal or that uh, shorter term goal of a scalable digital solution that allows people to work remotely because that seems to be the way things are going to be in 2021 still. And maybe going forward, you know, we're moving to more of a hybrid model ourselves. I think many of our clients are. So uh, how do you get that to the point where you can say your organization made that, that transition and it's working effectively? And I think that goes back to just a good solid change management strategy. If you think about what are those factors that lead to failure, you know, in in not being able to execute on your transformation strategy, very often it is a lack of clarity, right, in your messaging. Mm -hmm. It's a lack of an understanding of the value in that on that individual level. What's you know, what's in it for me? That's probably been said so many times, but why am I going to make this change? And then the alignment and commitment throughout the organization, the understanding of it translating into longer term goals um, and so on and so on. I mean, gosh, it's a topic that it's such a great topic, but, you know, I don't even know how to answer that in a short 
you know, a short response, which hasn't been short already. Well, uh, so looking out into the, you know, the blank piece of paper that is ahead of us, that is 2021, you know, it's, there are still so many unknowns and uncertainties about what the year has ahead of us. And I think in general, I'm sensing a very positive feeling, which is great. You know, it's a new beginning. There's a renewed sense of hope. But the ability to remain agile and accepting of change is very important, I believe, to getting through the year. I don't know how you feel about that. But work from home is likely to continue until when? We don't really know. Some are through summer. Some might be the whole year. Some might be back to the office now in January. So working from mm-hmm. home challenges and, you know, just the COVID cases, we have no idea. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you when you say that word agile, it really, you know, my brain is now going down an, another path of thought. How important is that to reassess, you know, move forward, reassess, move forward, reassess. And, and you know, it's common practice nowadays. I always hear our tech folks saying we're in X Y Z sprint, <laughs> and um, <laughs> but you know the a low success rate in any kind of transformation project is really, I think, due to a lack of alignment and commitment across the organization. The organization may not have the necessary core competencies, which kind of ties back to the blog a little bit about what do you do well and how do you build on that. But if you have deficiencies and you want to move forward, when you talk about what resources you may need, resources could include education mm-hmm. and training in other areas, right? Uh, another thing is the culture in general, a misaligned culture uh, from the standpoint of the executives and the people that are making these decisions, really understanding the internal environment versus the external environment, what they're trying to accomplish because of external pressures, but not doing a proper internal assessment of how do we work, what's important to our people, and then how do we how do we take that and move forward? So, you know, getting that clarity and commitment across the organization is key. Realistic, going back to the blog, maybe realistic uh, model, solution model and design and goals that are associated with that transformation that you're wanting to achieve. So very specific objectives for your overall business outcomes that you want to, you want to achieve that are not to overuse the word, but are realistic mm-hmm. and attainable versus lofty pie in the sky. And then making sure that you have the right people resources to execute on that transformation. Very often you just see that one of those three things is missing. And, and the wheels right. come off uh, very quickly. And then you have all these other competing priorities within organizations, right? If you talk about culture, you talk about, you know, um, what, you know, in past projects that are similar to this, going back to the blog and that strategy, what similar projects have you accomplished that have worked well? You know, and how did you achieve them? How did you achieve that successful outcome? Uh, what are all these other priorities that you're asking people to deal with in the middle of trying to accomplish this digital transformation? Because fatigue really sets in. Yes. You know, perfect example is my daughter imploding over the free <laughs> comment, which was very innocent, but still it was just fatigue of the year. And then how does the organization historically respond to change? 
what are the lessons that they've learned so far? You know, when you talk about that mm -hmm. agile element, taking taking um, inventory of what's worked well, what's not worked well, how do we communicate effectively within the company, and then making sure that executives don't lose sight. You know, with all due respect to executives, they've got a lot of priorities. So not thinking that, okay, I said we're going to do this, and now I switch my priorities to something else. Because if they don't maintain that active and visible support of this initiative, the three of us on this call, and I think anyone who's familiar with change management knows that that project will fail, right? Yes, you definitely have to have the buy-in in order to be successful so that the group feels a part of the mission that they're working to accomplish. Um, it'll be interesting to see productivity levels because that was a big topic in 2020 that, you know, working from home and the pandemic, people were able to maintain productivity in their jobs despite, you know, maybe having children at home doing virtual school or other distractions. But the burnout became very real for many people toward the end of the year. So, I'm interested to see how the working from home, fatigue, burnout, productivity balance shapes out. Yeah, I think that that's the that's the one thing that I guess from an HR standpoint and management standpoint, really getting keeping your pulse on what you're asking your people to do and, and then how you're enabling them and how you're supporting them. Because fatigue, I don't know who hasn't felt that you know, during the pandemic. I mean, not only do you normally feel it when you're when you're working or even in your mm -hmm. personal life, but then you throw the pandemic on top of it and it's like this crazy storm. How do you effectively manage that? And it, it really is. So what's coming to my mind, I know my ADD has fully kicked <laughs> in. Are you sure it's ADD or the it cups is. of coffee you had this morning? <laughs> well, you know, I am a coffee lover. <laughs> But I think the thing that is resonating with me right now is, as we're talking through this is this TEDx talk that I saw, gosh, it's got to be a handful of years ago. And it was, it was about, it was tied in with motivational theory, which, which is very often used for compulsive behavior and sometimes to the extent of addiction, right? So when people have addiction and some of our habits can't, are, are, uh, you know, are based in some kind of addiction, like my coffee addiction. When you said the coffee addiction, that's, what, that's where my brain went, right? But we're also talking about how do you deal with fatigue? And I think that one of the things that we've, we've talked about this year is authenticity yes. and, and how leaders showing up and being authentic and admitting or saying, I don't know, or I made a mistake whatever your role in the organization, but just being real with your people. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think about those tenets of addressing addiction where, where they, I think it's, what is it? Authenticity, surrender the outcome and do uncomfortable work. You know, that's all founded in motivational mm -hmm. theory. Uh, any kind of addictive therapy or program will do that, but not, you can't, you can't worry about what you can't control, but you can be authentic. You can have, you can build that trust uh, through logical decision-making with your folks and listening. You know, that's a whole nother topic about how to listen 
And then we're going to have to do some tough stuff, right? We're going to have to work together. We're going to have to collaborate. We're going to have to innovate and really work together to do some uncomfortable work in order to survive and thrive uh, and get through this pandemic, but also just in general to compete as an organization. I love that, Todd. And I think that's good motivation in and of itself, the message that you just shared with the audience. Any other parting words, you know, channel that life coach inside of you that always has words of wisdom to share. What would you say to the audience for 2021? Well, first of all, thank you for putting me on the spot uh, (laughs) to just pull something out of air. Uh, I need some more fairy dust here to just trickle down on me uh, about a parting comment. But, you know, in, in the spirit of what I was just talking about, I think that we we all really need to be self-aware and develop a sense of mindfulness and the courage really to break some patterns in our lives that maybe existed before the pandemic or the pandemic has created uh, that are no longer really serving who we are or what is what is needed during this time and be methodical and and try to tease out that emotion of the situation and the stress out of the situation to to develop our our personal action plan on how we continue to make incremental progress forward. So uh, recognize what what's going really well. Focus on that. Being mindful of, of your limitations. Uh, take an inventory of where you might want to beef up your knowledge, your training, Uh, How can you contribute within your organization? How can you be better on a personal level and and make those changes as best you can? No, I like that. Be mindful and celebrate small wins. That's going to stick with me. Yeah, I think you did a better job. You just did a better job than (laughs) I did. Pure words. Pure words to say the same thing. Yes. Incremental progress. That's the key. It really is. I think it's the hardest thing to do. It is because we always just want to, you know, why eat one little piece of the cake when you can eat the whole cake? You know, that's right. (laughs) You know, I'm going to be hitting the gym (laughs) after the holidays. Well, thank you so much for being our guest today and for rolling with the punches, making us laugh and being put on the spot to answer the tough questions. We really appreciate your words of wisdom looking ahead into 2021 and hope to have you back as a guest. Thank you both very much.